when we were at the stock conference at the beginning of, of last month, um, you you led a great panel, or you were on a great panel about um, de- the the practice of decolonizing Shakespeare, which I was trying to then tell some of my white non non theater friends about what a great panel it was, and they were going, "What are you talking about? Colon- Shakespeare colonizing as force for what?" Yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, the thing that I gravitated to was that. You, I literally used the phrase taking Shakespeare off his pedestal, which is a line we've used in our shows as well. Right. And, 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 and so if we, if the Renew Shakespeare Company has contributed anything uh, to, to the, the, the conversation, we have always been about taking Shakespeare off his pedestal and proving that you need not do Shakespeare in the great, grand, proper English way that any fools can do it. Oh, God, no, yeah. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, now in its 16th year, number 795, to decolonize Shakespeare. And just to make sure we never, ever flop, we do it all right over the top. We take it OTT. We take it OTT, D-R-S-C. We take it OTT, D-R-S-C. Say, who are we? D-R-S-C. That's us, we're the Renew Shakespeare Company. And we don't swallow, but we follow this recipe. Feels old-fashioned, out of style, like an insult. Treated like a god, you know, up on a pedestal. We yank him off and tell the world, yo, later. Little Billy's little better than a bear baiter. He's a poet, we know it, yo. There's nothing plainer, but above all that, the man was an entertainer, and yo, up. Here's the nub of my gist. That Shakespeare dude was a wicked plagiarist. He stole everything he did. Like rappers, he would sample, and we ain't stupid, so we follow his example. We're not afraid to be musical vultures. We're three white boys ripping off black culture. We'll say it, we'll rap it, whatever it takes to give Bill Shakespeare back the shakes. We take it ODT, D-R-S-C. Ah, uh, we've all written white guy raps that are slightly cringe now. You're listening to OTT, a parody of Naughty by Nature's rap hit OPP, which I wrote for the BBC World Service's reduced Shakespeare radio show, Oh Just 29 Years Ago. OTT, of course, stands for Over the Top, the RSC performing style, but was also our attempt to explain our desire to return Shakespeare to his populist roots and remind people we shouldn't be maybe quite so precious and stuffy with him. All of this came back to me when I was talking to Nicolette Bethel, the co-founder of Shakespeare in Paradise in the Bahamas, and she was talking about the process of decolonizing Shakespeare in parts of the world where instead of Shakespeare being explored as just a wonderful poet who created stories and characters that resonate around the world, he was weaponized as a tool of imperialism and, uh, and a symbol of superior, meaning white and English, culture. So Shakespeare is, as they say, complicated in many places. And when Nicolette and I talked about her Shakespeare in Paradise Theater Festival last week, I asked her if she could elaborate on what it means to decolonize Shakespeare. Yeah, that's the first thing that we tell anybody. Because sometimes when people come in and read for us, right, they're putting on the English accent. And we're like, no, no, even if you are British, we, we definitely take him off his pedestal because I think that Shakespeare and the Greeks, I want to get into Greek tragedy as well. 
speak to the human experience in ways that resonate again and again and again and again. And that's not the part of Shakespeare that was ever taught to us. Right. The part of Shakespeare that was taught to us was always, here is this great English person and the fact that England produced him justifies why England gets to take over the whole world because look at our culture and this is ours and you know we can show you dangle Shakespeare in front of us to convince us of our inferiority really your yeah. backgrounds have nothing like this and, and and Shakespeare was an integral part of the colonizing um, process along with along with Anglican hymns and there are all kinds of things that maybe people don't even think about as part of the colonizing process but that the British bless them did extremely well they knew that if you got children if you taught children something you did not have to invest as much time or energy in getting the adults because those children are going to grow up to be adults and then if you've brainwashed them or taught them certain things that's going to replicate itself and it did. And that's a that's a, a, a it's a relatively new idea for me too. I mean, only 15, 20 years old at, at, at the most. Uh, that 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 Shakespeare was as used as much of a weapon as a gift. Oh yeah. So it's a really comp. So Shakespeare, you are you are in uh, part of building Shakespeare in Paradise. You're you're trying to untangle a very complicated relationship that Shakespeare has in your in the Caribbean. Absolutely, and. And Caribbean thinkers have always used, and this is the this is the this is the ironic thing: is that Caribbean thinkers have always used the trope of Prospero and Caliban mm. to explain um, the British in the Caribbean. Prospero goes to this island that he didn't own. Well, he gets he gets stranded on this island that he didn't own, but nevertheless, he didn't land there on purpose. But he still took it over, and he still turned all the inhabitants into his servants. And those inhabitants that did what he wanted and were grateful and nice, he made them favored servants. And the other ones, he made them carry wood and, you know. And that, the, the whole thing is, you gave me language and I can curse with it. And that is very much the experience. Um, and so that was why we picked The Tempest, even though it wasn't on any syllabuses. That's why we picked The Tempest as our first play, because we wanted to say, we recognize this. Um, and this is the play that lays the foundation for what we're going to be doing with Shakespeare in Paradise. Reclaiming him, making him your own. Right, right. Like the whole title, Shakespeare in Paradise, is for me an exercise in decolonization, because paradise is another kind of colonizing trope. Mm. You know, the idea that like the images that are put forward of paradise don't generally give people any idea of the actual life that we live here. It's the, it's the sea, it's the sand, it's the experience, it's the nature, it's the, you know, a lot of times people don't really um, get the idea that the islands are inhabited, right? Right. That it's just a, a, a garden of Eden waiting to be, waiting to be um, explored. And this is another Thing that, that the Caribbean has and Caribbean thinkers have looked at. And so Shakespeare in Paradise is, from me, my perspective, very much consciously um, an exercise in decolonization of both of those tropes, right? Yeah. Because we don't perform our plays 
in the hotels. I mean, I don't know whether that's going to change in, in SPA, but I would hope it doesn't. We don't perform our plays in the hotels. We, If you want to see our plays, you need to leave the hotels and come into the city and come into this place where we live and see our plays. Um, and it's not paradise, right? But at the same time, um, also, we don't get the government support for all kinds of reasons. Some of them, if the government is is conscious or woke, it's like, why are we supporting Shakespeare? We should be supporting some African or Caribbean thing. Um, and if the government isn't woke, it's like, well, nobody wants to see Shakespeare anyway, because Shakespeare's too hard, right? <laughs> Hi there, this is Paul. This is Storm. Together we would be Paul and and Storm. And you are listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? We're still the remote Shakespeare Company, unfortunately. But fingers crossed we'll be back finally to live performances this April of 2022 in Pennsylvania and at one of our homes away from home in Reston, Virginia. Check out the touring page at our website, ReducedShakespeare.com, or our Twitter feed, at Reduced, for the latest information. Now back to my conversation with Nicolette Bethel, the Executive Director of Shakespeare in Paradise, located in Nassau, the Bahamas, the Shakespeare Theatre Association's annual conference in January 2023. And Nicolette and I were talking about the complicated nature of doing that. It sounds like that bringing the Shakespeare Theater Association conference to Nassau is a is a fantastic. I mean, a huge challenge, but also a fantastic opportunity. Is that right? Absolutely, absolutely, it really is. I mean, you know, we we still live in a society where external legitimacy is the key to getting to gaining more traction internally. And we actually had a meeting with the Ministry of Tourism this morning, and they were very interested in the conference. So, yes, the conference is a great opportunity to share what we're doing and to explore what we're doing. But also, I hope that in very practical terms, the Practicon and through maybe a one or two open plenaries, it's also a means of maybe shifting a narrative about Shakespeare within the country and hopefully even within the Caribbean, Mm. because in other Caribbean countries, you know, they already look at the Bahamas as being a little bit of a traitor to the cause anyway. So we didn't lose too, too much. Um, But in other Caribbean countries, you know, Shakespeare is definitely persona non grata because, because of the history, because of the centrality, because also in the Caribbean, the Bahamas has always been a slightly, um, I don't know, on the side of the general Caribbean colonizing experience, because we had, we had, um, we we never had what they call crown colony experience. Crown colony means that Britain governs you directly through a governor and through officials that Britain sends. Right. We always had an indigenous white Bahamian government, which wasn't, it had, positives and negatives for the majority of people in the country it wasn't that positive because that government tended to follow the united states in terms of race relations right right and separate but equal equaling 
no education. But in the Caribbean, when they established grammar schools for the middle class of Caribbean nations, the indigenous middle class, um, they would have been grounded in Shakespeare and in the classics from the 1850s, 1860s. And so the action of colonizing through Shakespeare was much deeper in the Caribbean than it was in the Bahamas. So we don't have as much burden to throw off. Ours goes back to like the 1950s. Theirs would go back to the 1850s. Right, right. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm intrigued. Uh, I mean, I know for, I've only been really a part of serious part of stuff for about four or five years. And ever since I joined, there's been talk about, oh, we all can't wait to go to Shakespeare in Paradise whenever they can host a thing. And, um, uh, but, but now we're all looking at the prices going flying to the Bahamas in January. Holy moly. Yeah. So oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm hoping you draw a huge audience. I'm also hoping you draw an, a more of an international attendance that has that that has typically, in my experience, come to the Shakespeare Theatre Association conference. I'm really looking forward to that aspect of the of an international gathering. I hope so. I mean, it, it's probably, um, you know, for, for people from outside of the USA traveling to the Bahamas and traveling to the USA are probably similar in price. So I think that they they won't be quite so, they won't have the sticker shock that Americans are going to have. Right. Um, from our perspective, we're working on that. One of the things that we did talk to the Ministry of Tourism about was getting a travel agency on board um, so that the travel agency can offer packages and you can begin to pay um, over a period of the year because the prices are not going to come down. But if you're paying down on the ticket, and sometimes the Ministry of Tourism can negotiate with with airlines for airfares, but probably not at that time of year. I mean, even that time of year is maybe outside, but who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Right. Well, and, and, and as you say, it, 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 that, that, that complicated uh, reputation that Shakespeare has gives and it taketh, right? Because, yeah. you know, you can, Shakespeare is like, why are we doing Shakespeare? On the other hand, Shakespeare, you can get funding for. Shakespeare yes. Commands yes attention. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's, you know, there's, there's definitely a pragmatic side to the whole thing. There's yeah. totally a pragmatic side. We've had theater in the Bahamas, and it's one of the it's one of the things that we're most proud of because the quality and the standard is pretty good. Um, but nobody, it's never been linked up with the tourism product. Nobody has ever thought that, oh, people will go to the Bahamas to see theater, right? When we know, as my husband and I know that we will travel and we will save our money and we'll go places to see theater, right? Yeah. Yeah. But we know how crazy theater goers are, and they would come to the Bahamas if they knew it was. But nobody's going to come. I, like I said, I think in our thing, nobody's coming to the Bahamas to see Bahamian theater because who knows what that is? There's only 400,000 Bahamians, right? So who knows what that is? But if the Bahamas has a Shakespeare festival, that's a different story. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. You can find out more about Shakespeare in Paradise by going to their website, shakespeareinparadise.org. Then send us your rap parodies via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com or throw a comment to us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram or on our own actual website, reducedshakespeare.com or visit my website, theshakespeareance.com. Thanks as always to other people's, let's say, property, Matthew Croak, 
Web services by Ginger Power Limited. Music by John Weber and Garage Band. Plus, sick beats dropped by Nick Graham, parodying Naughty by Nature. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Beth Derishan Schaefer. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to true musical comedians Paul and Storm. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. Please stay safe, get vaccinated, and keep your masks on. I'm Austin Titchener, 795 2385ths of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. 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 And so much less.